Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. This is our third episode in the series of Break the Cycles. So we started the first episode with breaking the cycle of stress and overwhelm and burnout inside of your center. So if you haven't listened to that first episode, definitely go back and check that out. Last week's episode was all about breaking the cycle of dependency and creating a culture of delegation. And today we're talking about breaking the cycle of excuses and creating personal responsibility. So excuses are probably one of the biggest pet peeves of school leaders because they don't want to hear an excuse. They just want to know when it's going to get done or how it's going to get done or how are we going to make sure that this mistake doesn't repeat itself again. And when we exert a lot of effort and time on making excuses for things, we lose out on a lot of time to focus on solutions, to focus on what's next, creative energy, all of that kind of stuff. We just live in a very low vibration of energy. Like everything's just, oh, this, oh, that. So an excuse in its definition is finding justification or reasons for why something or someone didn't happen. Okay, so an excuse is finding justification for reasons for why something did or didn't happen. My husband taught in a Talmudic college for many, many years in New York for nine years, actually. Um, And I actually taught in a local uh, college in Brooklyn, a teaching college. And my husband and I used to sometimes talk about the quality of the excuses that our students would bring for why they came late to class. And so college students, so we're looking at, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old students. So I taught an only girls uh, college and my husband taught an only boys college. It's very interesting to kind of hear the the types of excuses. So I always whenever I think of excuses, I always think about this one story that my husband uh, told 
of a particular boy. So my husband was the vice principal of the college and there was about 250 boys. And um, he was responsible to take attendance every morning with all the boys. So he obviously, within the first couple of weeks, knew everyone by face, by name. Um, so he could just take quick attendance um, and not have to, you know, call out 250 names. He just walks around the study hall and was able to immediately see, you know, who was here, who was not here. So there was one particular boy who wasn't there one morning and he came to school at 10 o'clock instead of 730. So my husband comes over to him after to the class and he's like, hey, you know, what's up? Where were you this morning? So he's like, oh, mayor, you don't understand. This morning I woke up and I had all the intention to come to school on time. But when I came to the top of the stairs, there was no stairs. And my husband's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, my parents are doing construction in the house. And they forgot that I wasn't sleeping in the dorm that night. I slept at home and they kept calling. Is anyone upstairs? Is anyone upstairs? And I, I didn't hear them. And the construction crew took down the stairs. So I had no way to get downstairs. I had to wait until they found a ladder tall enough to get me down the stairs. If you're listening to this and laughing, um, my husband actually had to listen to that story and it's, it's mind boggling, right? But here's the thing, like, was it legit? Sure. There were no stairs. You know, my husband actually called his good friends of his father and he called him up and he's like, Hey, and he's like, yeah, this really happened. Like we, we my son was really trapped on the second floor with no way to get down. And so we look at it, we're like, okay, that's a crazy excuse, but it's still this like legit reason why he didn't come to school, right? Why he didn't come to school on time at least. So whether or not it's an excusable or whatever it is, right? We've heard, my husband has heard things like I was stuck behind the garbage truck. I was stuck on tangy taffy. I mean, we've heard every type of excuse. And I think what's interesting is I remember talking once to a student of mine who always had a barrage of excuses of why she came late, three minutes late, five minutes late, seven minutes late. And one time I said to her, you know, I sat her down after class and I was like, listen, you know, you're going to want a job in one of the local preschools here, right? You live here, you're going to want a job here. The director of whatever school you're going to work in is going to call me. I know all the directors here. One of them is going to call me and ask me about you right? Because you don't have any previous work experience. You're 19, you're in college now. Your previous work experience consists of, you know, running a summer camp. That's not, you know, experience in a school. What do you want me to tell her when she says, how is her attendance? How is her punctuality? She's going to ask me that question. You see, excuses is a reason that's given to justify an offense or a fault. But really the primary purpose of an excuse is to lessen responsibility by getting you to overlook or excuse or even forgive off of the back of that excuse, right? Like, let me give this excuse so it'll lessen the responsibility on me. People often get reasons and excuses mixed up because many times there appears to be a crossover between the two of them. Excuses allow people to remain in their uncomfortable comfort zone. 
Excuses allow people to dodge conflict by avoiding honesty, both with others and themselves. Excuses allow people to dodge accountability and cast themselves in a better light. Right? The classic excuse, the, the, the oldest excuse in the books, right? The dog ate my homework. What is that? It gives the impression that you're the victim of a misfortune. And so it avoids the difficult conversation and the conflict of, you know, I just couldn't be arsed to do my homework or I forgot because those two things make you look lazy and incompetent and lacking in conscientiousness. And I don't want to be perceived like that. So I'm just going to give some lame excuse of, you know, the dog ate my homework. So let me repeat that list again, because I think it's important to hear it. Excuses allow people to remain in their uncomfortable comfort zone. Excuses allow people to dodge conflict by avoiding honesty. Excuses allow people to dodge accountability and cast themselves into a better light. So here's what this really sounds like, right? When someone gives you an excuse for whatever thing, here's what they're really saying. Look, can you just hurry the F up and get off my case so I can get my ego stroke, soldier to lean on, money, perfect image back that I have of myself? Because, you know, you perceiving me as wrong or hurting or whatever is setting off my responsibility alarms, which is setting off my reality alarm bells, which is setting off my commitment and my expectation alarm bells. So the sooner I'm able for you to excuse my excuse, the sooner I can get back to doing what I've always been doing. That is what an excuse really means. It's just get off my case so I can get the image that I have of myself back because by you holding me accountable, now I need to be responsible. Now I need to step back into reality. Now I need to actually make commitments. And yeah, I just want to get back to what I've always been doing. Some other kind of interpretations of excuses is like, hey, you know, can you just hurry up and get off my back because I'm only offering up this feeble justification for what I've said or done or failed to do or whatever, because the real reason of why I didn't do it, it doesn't sound too great. And when I say it out loud, it's actually going to invite conflict. Plus, if I gave you the real reason, it would put me in a position that I actually have to do something about it. So I'm going to give you this excuse and do just reduce the expectations of me and this relationship like immediately. Just sit with that. Those are the two internal dialogues that are happening within split seconds when someone gives you an excuse. And I think that's why it triggers leaders in such a way, right? Because the person's saying, I just don't want to have to do something about this. I don't want to have to lean into the discomfort and the conflict that me telling the truth is going to give you. And sometimes when they give an excuse, it's kind of like, you know, you and I know what really happened here. But if you want to go along with the charade that I'm playing, I'm going to give you an excuse and I'm going to see how much more of a free ride I can get from you.
And then it continues because we make excuses for their excuses. Oh, this is so painful. I've done this. Leaders do this. You've done this. This is hard. We make excuses for their excuses. We start saying, oh, okay. You know, they're really the best thing that's ever happened. Or, you know, it's just been a short time that they've been doing that. Or you tell yourself, I can't let go of the fantasy of like what what is working here because if I actually hold them accountable, then I have to see and accept the uncomfortable things that I've been tolerating and I need to get out of my comfort zone and I need to make changes. And so we make excuses for them because we're just not in the mood of looking for a solution or taking action that would involve making decisions and leaving our own comfort zones. It's really difficult to hold someone accountable when you say, no, I'm not tolerating that anymore, because that might mean you have to let the person go. That might mean that you have to have a difficult conversation now. That might mean that you needed to sit down with this person and really lean in and embrace the suck. That might mean you have to call a parent and say, your child can no longer be in our center. And that sucks. So we make excuses for the excuses. The hard part with excuses in these relationships is what they're saying is like, I don't have time, energy, effort to do the things that I need to do. Well, if they don't have the time, energy, and effort, then what happens next? You see, personal responsibility, being responsible, means a lot more than just doing what others tell you to do. It means taking a stand for what you believe in. It means doing the right thing, even when the right thing is hard or unpopular. It means respecting other people and yourself enough to be honest, fair, compassionate, and courageous. Excuses permeate through an, through an organization where people are afraid to ask for help. There's no way that everyone can know how to do everything. It's impossible. You're not God. You have human limits. Please stop believing that you were supposed to know how to do something right the first time. Or you should know how to do it before you even do it the first time. It is so wrong. We need to remove this from our cultures. It needs to be cut off at the knees. I one time had a conversation with a teacher. She's a newer teacher. And she's like, well, I, I, I need to know how to manage the classroom. Like, I, And I'm like, you're, you're going to learn through trial and error. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect the first time around. You're not going to get every single part of the transition right nor do I expect you to. It's your first time. She's like, but I have to. I said, why? Why do you have to get it right the first time? Why? I think it's a little arrogant to believe that you should know how to do something right the first time in every single area. What happened to leaning into the humility of saying, I don't know? So here are some questions to ask yourself if you're creating a culture of excuses subconsciously. 
Did you fail at a task and convinced yourself that there was nothing you could have done to avoid it? Does your team overexplain things? You know, when someone pointed out that there could have been a better way, do they overexplain why they chose that way? Right. Here are some personal examples. Right. Do we skip the last two days of the gym because you did an amazing in the first week and now you want to celebrate by chilling for a day or two or more? Do you spend most of your time giving justifications rather than leaning in and learning? I had an interesting conversation with an owner who owns two locations and she got on the phone with me and was kind of talking about all the different things that are on her to-do list. And she had just purchased this new location and so she was kind of being acting director and owner and the to-do list is just, she's just weighing in, caving in under that to-do list. And when we started to talk, we started to really unpack at least 30 items that were on her to-do list that she did not need to do, that she really was able to delegate to very competent and capable people on the team. And even though she didn't have an actual director at that location, she had some very strong staff who were more than willing to take on the roles of some of those tasks. And so while they weren't going to be the actual leaders or directors, they had enough experience to take on specific tasks that she didn't need to apply brain space for. And if you're listening to this, you might have a lot of tasks. You might have a never ending to-do list and you wonder how you can ever get those things off your plate. And I'm telling you, there are people in your center right now who you can trust to delegate these tasks to, who you can give permission for them to make decisions and take on these responsibilities and remove it from your plate. And if you're looking for the strategies, the systems and the roadmap to actually be able to do this, then I'd love for you to join me at the Delegate to Elevate workshop that we have coming up. Delegate to Elevate is a 90 minute training for owners and directors who want to build high performing teams so they can focus on vision building, on growth and continuity of profit and legacy in their center and delegate those tasks to the team. Make sure you sign up. The link is in the show notes. Join us at Delegate to Elevate. So why is it so important to break the cycle of excuses, right? Why is this something that I'm taking the time to record a podcast episode? You're taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. What happens is in this, in this cycle of excuses is it becomes normal to tolerate this load of BS. And we normalize behavior and work ethic that is completely against our values, our morals and ethics. And we lose ourselves in the process. And then we're not happy. And we've forgotten why we started what we did. You see, everyone makes excuses. We've all made excuses. We're all going to continue to make excuses. It's not about eliminating. It's about learning how to break the cycle, right? We make excuses for self-preservation. It's to protect our self-esteem and our wounded ego. You know, sometimes we say, I'm too busy to reply to that email when really 
We just couldn't be bothered to deal with it. I remember one time when I lived in New York, I was walking down the street and I bumped into the class mother of my one of my kids' classes. And she's like, oh, hey, honey, you know, did you see that email that I sent about, I don't remember what event was coming up. And before I had a chance to reply, she was kind of like, oh, I know you're so busy. It was like this pre-defense tactic of like, please don't tell me that you just ignored me or you just couldn't be bothered. I very gently replied and I said, yes, I, I did see your email and my calendar right now is full of big priorities and um, responding to these emails and participating in these class functions is not a priority for me in this season. I understand that you need volunteers and you really need support. I cannot be that mother in this season. I think I remember when I said that I was just really starting to learn how to practice those boundaries. I remember having a terrible stomach ache the rest of the way home and being really nauseous. I think when we put up those boundaries, when we don't give an excuse for why we didn't reply to the email, right? I could have said, yeah, I was busy, but that wasn't the real reason. That was an excuse. The reason I didn't reply to the email was because this is not a priority. My calendar was full and I was not in a season that I could participate and volunteer in my kids' classes. And when I said the truth, it, it made me sick. It was like, oh my gosh, like I just said the truth. I just leaned into the vulnerability of saying why I didn't do it. I think we're afraid we're going to hurt other people, right? I was afraid that I was going to hurt her feelings. But really, why is saying that hurting her feelings? I think she's a wonderful person. I'm just not the volunteer mama. And now I started communicating that to the class moms in the beginning of the year when they reach out. And I say, listen, participating in extracurricular things for my kids' classes is not a priority of mine. My kids' emotional well-being in the classroom is important. I carve out time and make sure I could talk to my kids' teachers. I want to get to know my kids' friends. I host play dates. I have them over for weekends. That is how I get involved in my kids' school and social life. Participating and volunteering in the classroom is not something that I will ever say yes to. Um, so I, I let the people know in advance, like, don't lean on me. Don't even ask me because the answer is always going to be no. And the answer isn't no because I'm busy. The answer is no because it's not a priority for me. It's not a priority for me to fill my calendar with coming into the kids' classrooms to volunteer and do that kind of stuff. And I think that takes relentless self awareness of saying, how, how do I want to be in my involved in my child's life? How do I want to be involved in my child's school life? What are the things I want to say yes to? 
I want to say yes to showing up for curriculum night. I want to say yes to showing up to parent conferences. I want to say yes to helping them with their homework. I want to say yes to knowing the, you know, programs that they're being a part of or the productions that they want to go to or the practices. I want to be able to drive them there. I want to be able to listen to how it was. I want to be able to talk to their teachers. I want to be able to know how they're evolving and growing. And I think when we understand how to put the boundary, we stop giving excuses. We stop saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so busy. You know, reach out to me for the next program. Or maybe you could just say, please don't reach out to me. I'm not going to be that parent. I don't like volunteering. I don't like going on class trips. It's almost like we're afraid to be perceived as like a capital B. Why is it a capital B if you don't enjoy field trips? I don't like going on field trips. I don't like going on buses. I get car sick. In general, I get car sick when I drive. I Only when I'm driving do I not get nauseous. When I sit in the passenger seat, I can get dizzy. I don't enjoy going on class trips. And it's almost like we're afraid we're judging and shaming ourselves. Like, how could you not like volunteering and going on class trips and making food for the bake sale? You should be ashamed of yourself. No. There are so many other ways to be a great mom. There are many ways to be an exceptional school leader. There are many ways to be a great teacher. There are many ways to be a phenomenal school director. The honesty and the boundaries that you create help you eliminate excuses. So that's one of the first ways to break the cycle of excuses. Be aware of your boundaries. Second reason, individual advocacy. Know how to ask for help. Everyone's going to get stuck. No one knows how to do everything. But being stuck is not a reason to fail the project. Being stuck is an opportunity to practice advocacy, to ask for what you need. So that's my second tip of how to break the cycle of excuses. Learn how to advocate for yourself. Learn the skill of teaching advocacy to your staff. These two skills of boundaries and individual advocacy are actually unique skills that we're going to be teaching at the Summit of Excellence this year, March 1st and 2nd here in Florida. We still have early bird tickets going on right now. And if you're interested in coming to an in-person event for school owners and directors, then I would love for you to email us at cw at khani.me or send me a message in Facebook. The tickets and all the details are not public because it is a private limited event. And so that's why you need to just personally reach out and we'll follow up with some more information. And the third tip for breaking the cycle of excuses is leaning into difficult conversations. Understanding that it's okay to be awkward and uncomfortable when you have these conversations, but you have to have them. We have entire templates and worksheets and workbooks on scripts of how to lead difficult conversations. We have those links in the show notes. You could check those out as well. 
leaning in to the difficult conversation is such a powerful way to break the cycle of excuses and lean into more personal responsibility. So what I want to leave you with is this today on this episode. Lean into your personal boundaries. Recognize what they are. What is one boundary that you can put in place that would help you stop giving excuses for other things, right? What is a boundary you can put in place that could get you to stop saying the excuse, I don't have time. I don't have time is an excuse. It's an excuse. Come join us in our free Facebook group where we continue the conversation. And thanks so much for joining me for this amazing series on Break the Cycles. Hey there. I'm super excited about an upcoming workshop that I have for owners and directors. It's called Delegate to Elevate. Now, the last time that we did this workshop, we had so many leaders give us amazing feedback on how the training really shifted their perspective about what needs to be on their plate, about how to build a culture of trust and accountability, of how to really delegate these tasks and really just minutia items that they don't need to be thinking about or taking brain space for to their teams. And they also reported on how their teams were excited to take these things on. They wanted leadership and the ability to contribute to the company's long-term profit and legacy. And when we're in a training and we're shifting our perspective and really disrupting our thinking around what we think we need to be doing, that's where the transformation happens. That's where the magic happens. When you no longer believe that you need to be the one that does every single thing in order for the company to grow and be stable. And so if you're an owner, if you're a director, and you're someone that wants to break free of the cycle of overcommitment, overwhelm, underperforming, then please join me for my Delegate to Elevate workshop. It's my 90-minute training for owners and directors. We walk through these skills. We walk through the scripts and templates. I give you the systems and blueprints. You get a workbook to work alongside me. It's a live training. It's not pre-recorded. It will be recorded if you can't attend live, but it's live. I'm answering questions. We're in the chat box. I'm right there with you, really giving you that opportunity to leave the training with what you need to continue your next phase of growth and continuity for your center. So please join me. Delegate to Elevate. Link is in the show notes to sign up. Delegate to Elevate. Can't wait to see you guys. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. 
I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.